Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar and Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Behind the Mask. Serving the Valley Hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Hockey fans in the desert south southwest and everywhere around the world. If you're listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly on podbean.com or on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts, Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And my co-host, Paul Hornstein, live out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you this evening? Uh, it's a little wet here, Scott, but uh, we're doing okay. A little wet, as in rain? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, better than snow, but still <laughs> rain. I hear you. And you, and, and, and you know what happens on the roads when it rains. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. and, and if you're a driver in Arizona this time of year, you don't want to be on the road rain or shine because we're in the middle of spring training, actually the beginning of spring training, Paul, so... Nobody wants to drive here until about April first, if that's all right with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be okay. You know, I, 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 I maybe I would uh, walk to, you know, live close enough to walk to spring training. But uh, yeah, if you I, and about I, I, another another hundred thousand people thought that same way, it would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, when I lived there, I used to live pretty close to spring training, so I could have walked. Yeah, uh, I hear you. When the well, right now, were playing it up. You know what they've done right now, though, Paul? They've built stadiums all around the valley, right? Yeah, I know. And they start all the games at one o five. Yes. So they all they all empty out about three thirty four o'clock, which is beautiful because yeah. it all goes into the freeway system. Only people are going everywhere, so there's not <laughs> uh, a direction of in or out for traffic flow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, well, it's I, a joy. I used to live pretty close to the old Scottsdale Stadium over there by the hospital. I oh, assume sure. the hospital's still there. I don't yes. know if uh, the stadium is still there or not, but oh yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Okay, Re yeah, you still close for the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure it has. Uh, but uh, I used to live close enough to walk there, so. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, not everybody could do that. So, I hear you. But well, it's uh, officially the start of baseball season, which means that the hockey season must be winding down and. Lo and behold, we got a great show for you tonight because we're going to talk a little bit of wrap-up on a, a series for the Sun Devils up in Wisconsin that did not go as well as they would have liked. And we're yeah. also going to talk to the play-by-play -play voice at about 8 o'clock or so. We've got Josh Schaefer coming on, and Josh is uh, very insightful because he has a chance to uh, be front and center for every, uh, most every game anyway, doing the, uh, the broadcasts on the internet for uh, – Sun Devil Hockey and the Pac-12 Network. So excited to have Josh on and kind of pick his brain a little bit on what he thinks. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Well, here's, here's for those, by the way, 
Wait, yeah. hold on. First of all, yeah. by the way, for those that uh, don't live in the mountain time zone, that's basically 26 minutes from now. Because for yeah. some people, it's 8 o'clock. For yeah, some people, good it's point. earlier good than point. they can. So, 26 minutes do, from now. Let's do it that yeah, way. Let's do, do it that way, yeah. Well so. done, old radio man. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the so, way, yeah. folks, yeah. Give, give Paul a shout out because he just celebrated a birthday. What was that Saturday, Paul? Birthday? What? I'm sorry. What was that? So happy belated birthday. I got to you early, so so I, I don't know say that, but for the show purposes, uh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank all you. right. I, I try not to acknowledge them anymore, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. you and all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. As we prepare for uh, what we all hope will be, and I say hope, will be another NCAA National Tournament bid. The uh, Arizona State Sun Devils had hoped that they were going to go into uh, to Madison, Wisconsin and come away with a couple of wins. And, and Friday night, Paul, it looked like that, that might be a shootout, but they might come out on the right end of it. They had to lead a couple um, different times, and it ends up being a 7-6 loss to the Badgers. How important it, do you think losing that game was in setting up Saturday night? Uh, I think it was very important. Uh, I think that w clearly whatever gas ASU had left in their tank uh, was used up on Friday night. Uh, Friday night was a, was reminiscent of like an old-time 80s uh, hockey game with, with the Gretzky Oilers where they just went up and down and up and down. And, um, it was, and you hated to be a goaltender, right? <laughs> yeah, golding goaltending in those days was not fun. Uh, you know, Grant Fuhr, who was a Hall of Fame goalie, uh, you know, he, if you looked at his quote unquote numbers, um, obviously the game was much more wide open, despite the fact that you could do all the holding and stick work and those kinds of things that you can't do now. Um, but on, on those teams, and they had great defensemen too. There's, there's no question about it. But you know, his goals against and those kinds of numbers are a little high uh, than you would normally see for a goalie uh, in the uh, Hall of Fame. But he was there. I mean, you know, you don't win cups without a goalie, and that's he fair. won a bunch of them. So um, uh, that's what that game kind of reminded me of on Friday night. It was such a weird, weird game. Uh, Greg Cameron got his wish. He wanted <laughs> one of those weird, wide open, uh, uh, high scoring games. He got it on Friday night. Uh, didn't really get it on Saturday, but it was just one of those situations where, uh, it was just, it, it just when you thought you kind of had a feel for the game, you didn't cause it changed on a dime in both directions. Uh, ASU takes the early, and I do mean early, like in the first minute of the game, uh, goes up one nothing, and you're like, all right, man, they're coming out fired and they're ready to go. And uh, Evan DeBrower makes a, a, a big save early on a Cole Caulfield breakaway. Um, but, you know, it, it just – you're like, wow, this is going to be great. Uh, DeBrower uh, makes another big save on Alex Turcott on a puck that jumps over an ASU stick 
and you're like, all right, this is ASU's night. Uh, that didn't quite turn out to be the case. And then they kill a five on three, right. a full two minute five on three. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy smokes. And then what happens is ASU goes on the power play. They don't score. And the Wisconsin player comes literally right out of the penalty box onto the ice, is behind both defensemen, and he ends up scoring on a breakaway. And yeah. and now the game's 1-1. Wisconsin's back, really back in the game. They get some momentum. They score again on a two-on-two. Uh, that was probably not ASU's best defensive moment. And you're like, oh, man, what the heck's going on? And then ASU gets a late power play goal on a nice pass from uh, James Sanchez to Johnny Walker, and it's 2-2. So ASU gets a goal early in the period and late in the period, and you're like, all right, they, they, they kill off a five-on-three. They uh, get a goal early, get a goal late, get back in, 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 you know, in, 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 in what feels like in charge of the game. And you're feeling pretty confident after that first period as you're watching the game. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, Paul, that the first goal scored by Maniscalco in 29 seconds in, and the uh, goal you're talking about with Johnny Walker before the end of the period, that was less than seven seconds to go, 6.6, yeah. I think. So, yeah, you, you're feeling pretty good after the first period. You're going like, hey, this is a good road period. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens road period, in the second. Sure. Yeah, let's see what happens in the second. You know, and, and then, then – uh, uh, Broke out. <laughs> well, but they still – they get weird after that because – um, they ASU kills another penalty, and at this point, they've killed like forty-five penalties in a row. Yeah, including that two-minute five-on-three. Uh, ASU gets a power play, doesn't score. Right, and all of a sudden, you turn right around in Wisconsin, and they have a lot of talent. Let's, I, I we can't forget. They are that. much better uh, than the, that record. There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah, they have not played. Uh, to the level of the talent, that team's got 12 NHL draft picks on it, including <laughs> yeah. three first rounders. So somebody sees something unless everybody's wrong. Yeah. Not everybody's okay. wrong, Paul. <laughs> right. So, and all of a sudden it's two, two and Wisconsin gets two goals in less than a minute and they're up four to two. And you're like, what? Wait, yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> And, yeah, that and, was uh, that was unbelievable. And you're you're shaking your head like, wait, wait, ha- wait. Right? Then ASU actually gets right back into the yeah, know, right minute, back on the screen. A minute and two later, Jordan Sanders scores. Yeah, so and now it's like four, four to three. three, and you're like, all right. So and you're sitting there and like, okay, this is going to be that. This is definitely now that kind of game. Uh, ASU has a couple of chances to tie the game. Uh, Right after that, uh, and then finally uh, they do tie the game uh, on, a, on another goal by Johnny Walker about two-thirds of the way through the second period, and it's now 4-4, and you're like, okay, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is going well. And then ASU goes into the penalty box where they really shouldn't go. and Especially against Wisconsin. Especially against this team. Mm-hmm. And not only – you know, they, you know, they, you know, they just, you know, it just, it's just turning into a weird game. Then ASU gets a power play. 
with about three minutes to go. And Wisconsin gets two penalties. So now ASU has a five on three. Right. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is great. This is, you're going to get one. You got to get one here and, you know, go into the third period with the lead. And what happens? Nothing. Yeah. So now, now <laughs> both teams have killed a five on three, a full two minute five on three. And you're really, really scratching your head. And, you know, the end of the second period, it's now 4-4. And, of course, as it has been for the last six to eight weeks, win a period, win a game. Uh, or in this case, it's win a game, win a period, win a bid. Yeah. Um, yep. And you're like, all right, though we've been playing this Razor's Edge game all, you know, all January and February long. So what the heck is one more period? Yeah. And, uh you know, you're sitting there now and you're like, you're just scratching your head because you think you have this game figured out and you don't. And I, and, and I'm going to sit here, I'll say something I said to somebody on Friday night as we're watching the game. That puck was bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you would expect, uh, they used to, I don't know if, if the, if they're still an, an AHL team or a minor league team in, in, in that building. Uh, there used to be the Milwaukee Admirals. I think they still exist. I believe I so. Checked. Yeah. Well, for, anyway, for, we, for we an know ice the surface that's – for an ice story, for an ice – you know, for, a, for, for an ice surface that's being used by a professional team, uh, you, you that ice was, was really choppy. And that puck never really settled down in the entire game. So, all right. So we jump into so now third period. We're uh, just like the puck. And, um, you know, ASU's really struggling in that first five minutes of the third period. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? What are we doing? You know, uh, and then ASU finally gets into the offensive zone. Uh, Johnny Walker makes a really nice play to get a shot on goal. Uh, nice little fake. Uh, and Vito Janssen slams home a rebound, and ASU's up five to four. And, and stop uh, right there! Stop right there! Shout out to Vito on that beautiful celebration he did right along the boards in front of the benches. You know, and can I give him that like, one? What? <laughs> can I, I give him the slap on the back for the I nice don't pay celebration? To that stuff. Yeah, you, you do. It was awesome. No, I okay. don't. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I have no interest in, in any of those crazy <laughs> celebrations. It was it was fun once when Johnny Walker scored against Penn State and did that whole rowboat thing. That was kind of cool one time, but I don't pay attention to that stuff. Okay, that's, I distracted you. Let's let's get down. Yeah, that's okay. We'll that's okay. for coming yeah. up. Let's let's whatever. move on. It was it was a third period that that you know it came right down to the well, very end. Wisconsin well, gets a goal at eighteen at eighteen fifty one. Right. So you're yeah. thinking, at least if you're thinking like I was thinking, let's at least get it to overtime. Let's get a tie. Well, that's we what can't you win want this. To do. Let's I mean, get a tie. Well, that's what, first of all, that's what you're looking to do. And, 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 you know, an ASU actually, you know, gave up the 5 4 lead and all of a sudden Wisconsin's leading 6 to 5. ASU ties the game at 6. And then Wisconsin, you know, there's a loose puck in front. Wisconsin jams at home. And even with a minute to go, you're saying, all right, maybe, you know, but mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the season's on the line, and they had a couple of chances in that final minute. They just couldn't convert. And, you know, when you look at what happened on Saturday after that game, uh, you, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, they really they really ran out of gas, or it looked yeah. like they ran out of gas. Uh, they lost their composure. And I think even even though we haven't we didn't have the coach today uh, because they're kind of taking a break. I guess you'll we'll see get the on coach Thursday. on Thursday. We'll Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know the players were all are off all this week. So correct. Um, uh, but you know, Saturday night it really looked like they ran out of gas. And Saturday night. Saturday night was a six-two loss. Um, a couple of things from Saturday night. I don't even want to get into the scoring and all that stuff because we we all know no, six-two hurt. Yeah. But yeah. But here's the thing. What what got me a little bit worried on Saturday night was once again, like you said, they lost their composure a little bit. They got a couple yeah. of bad calls. They got, uh, you know, two guys, uh, well, three guys for game misconduct penalties, lost yeah. uh, three players. One yep. of them, uh, Jacob Semek, apparently came off the bench. I didn't see that, but uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't see any of the. I didn't see any of the hits. Okay. I, I'm not going to blame the stream. Because there's you, you can't always see everything. Right. But I didn't see any of the hits. I didn't see any of the hits that 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 ended up being five minute power plays for Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, they didn't I, show any of the replays, so I don't want to say that they were good calls or bad calls because I didn't see them. I can yeah. make it up. I, I'm but, just going from from hearsay. What what I was hearing from people too was that that they probably weren't the greatest of calls, but. Neither here nor there. Uh, the nice, I guess, refreshing news out of that was that only Jacob Semek, and I say only because it could have been three guys that were getting a one-game suspension following that, but only Jacob, J Jacob Semek is going to miss uh, either the tournament game or the first game next year. So it yeah. would have been, I think, a lot harder to swallow had it been Tyler Bush and Willie Miram uh, getting suspensions and not being able to play if they get into the tournament. We'll get into that a little bit later as we get Josh on and, and chat with him on it. But, um, you know, here it is. They're, they're 22, 11 and three. They're one game, right. one more win better than last year. I, you and I have talked about it for a little while now. This was all winding down to be a, a deja vu, if you will. Right. It looked like yep. everybody was going to be the entire process was looking exactly like last year, except the destination was Minnesota and this year it was Wisconsin. So right. here we are, four weeks to go, or a little less than four weeks till actually, selection Sunday. And we're is talking it only about four weeks. I think it's longer than that, but okay. Twenty second. Twenty second. Okay. Well, so, I know there's at least four rounds of games. You have the end of the regular season this week, and then the conference tournaments will start. And um, uh, yeah, and they'll end that. The they'll end on the twenty first. And then right. the 22nd in the afternoon, that Sunday afternoon will be a selection Sunday. So it'll be interesting. What I do like in the favor of Arizona state is if you look at the pairwise right now, they have a 93% probability of getting the at large bid. More importantly uh, to me though, okay. what I look at Paul is in their 22, 11 and three right now, they have the fourth best record in all of college hockey right now. Okay. I know there's games to be played, but if you look at the teams that are chasing them, or very near them, um, let, let's just take an example of Bemidji State. Bemidji State gets Mankato State this weekend. Uh, yeah, what are their they're, odds? they're ahead of ASU right now in the pair. Right, they're so what 11. are their odds, right? I know it's in Bemidji, 
So it's going to be a little bit of a, an effect for them to, to maybe have some home ice and senior stuff. That's the other thing I want to get out really quickly was it was a really tough environment in Wisconsin with all the celebrations they had for their seniors and their, um, their uh, uh, alumni teams and stuff that were coming back. I mean, that is really an emotional thing for them. So, sure. I, you know, I mean, you got a tired uh, Sun Devil team going into a, a real hotbed of emotion in Wisconsin, and you're going like, how is this going to work out? Well, we know how it didn't work out. Okay, yeah. past is past. It'll be soon time to talk about uh, whether they get into the national term. And as I said, right now, you look at a 22-11-3 team, and you go like, how can this team not get in just based on their record alone? But we know well, that that's not how it goes in, right. in college hockey. Right. It's the pairwise. Right. And you have some teams that are really hot right now. Uh, in Bemidji State, uh, your buddies, the Gophers, are really hot right now. Western Michigan uh, is is right there. Uh, they're coming on a little bit. Um, and, and people just have to understand, and I know that I do because I tried to learn the lesson from last year. These next two weeks especially are going to be very up and down for ASU. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be very, very up and down, uh, more down than up because they're not playing. Okay. Right. Um, and then you get the first round of the conference tournaments before the teams that are around ASU probably have a legitimate chance to lose a game. Right. So uh, ASU could drop down to 14 or 15 or maybe even 16 before the second round of the conference tournaments, oh, maybe even a little bit lower. Uh, I, you're never sure how the math works. So, you know, that's kind of what people have to be prepared for over these next two or three weeks. Yeah, here's my uh, suggestion on that, Paul. Don't, Don't even look. look. Don't look. Don't look. For the next Don't, three I'm weeks. not going to. And, and just, see, just see where things play out. Know that your team, if you're a Sun Devil fan, is uh, – 22-11-3, let, let everybody know that they've put their best foot forward with another record-breaking season, and, uh, and, it, and it is what it is, right? Um, right. Here's what I think, though. I mean, I looked at things pretty hard, and I thought, let's be realistic here. Uh, there's three teams from the NCHC getting in. One of those teams will win the tournament. It'll either be North Dakota, Denver, or UMD. I don't see anybody else getting through all of them to win that conference tournament. No, there's there's no way that that's going to die. And all if that happens, them. first right. of all, if that happens, you tip your cap to that team. Yeah. Uh, could it be Western Michigan? It could. Um, I doubt it. But even them, <laughs> yeah. uh, since they're going to have to win three weekends in a row on the road. Not going to happen. Or at least two weekends on the road. Uh, not really likely to happen. Right. Um, and you can go through possibly. every – but you can go through every conference. Let's quickly just go to, uh, for example, the WCHA. If if Minnesota State wins or if Bemidji State wins, it doesn't hurt the Sun Devils because both of them are ahead of them anyway. That's it, true. It, and you look at Clarkson and you look and you look at Cornell. If one of them wins, either one of them wins, it doesn't matter because they're both ahead of the I, Sun Devils as well. It's so the I'm hockey. A guy that likes it's the hockey East that scares us. And, uh, you know, we get prepared right now. I see uh, our, our friend Josh is uh, 
is getting ready to come on board with us here shortly. So when we wrap things up uh, on this little stint, and we'll get back to it again, maybe Josh will give us a little more insight on it. But um, when you look at all the conferences, you know, the Atlantic is going to get one team. That's it. Right. Is it AIC? Is it Army? Is it Air Force? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. They're going to get one spot. So you're really looking for 15 spots, right? Right. Because that would be anyone in the Atlantic is going to be behind the Sun Devils, and they're going to take an automatic bid. So as we look down the line on these, you know, that's uh, that's what we're looking at, and that's why I feel fairly comfortable that there's going to be a spot for the Sun Devils by the time it all plays out. But, again, my recommendation is don't even look – at the scoreboard of the pairwise for the next yeah, three well, weeks. Tune yeah, in again be, on, in about crazy. three weeks. We'll keep you updated, folks. We'll no, let you no, know no, where it's no, at. No, don't tell them tune in in three weeks. Every week. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling them tune in to the pairwise in three weeks. Oh. Oh, Stick right. with us. We'll keep you informed as to where they're going and what they're doing. So, you look uh, so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, we got Josh coming up in about five minutes here, so uh, everything should be rocking and rolling. We'll find out from the play-by-play voice exactly what he sees in this team, and we'll ask him what he saw in last year's team and compare the two, if you will. So that'll be happening uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, the other thing I want to talk a little bit about, Paul, is uh, we talked about the, the, the realignment and everything that's going on or will be going on with the WCHA and the CCHA and what that means yeah, for Arizona well. State. First and foremost, we have no clue what that means for Arizona State. We don't. We have no idea what that means. We don't know what that means for Alaska schools or Huntsville. We just know that they're kind of caught up in the mix, or as you like to say, yeah. under the bus, right? Under the bus. Under so the we'll bus, see. No we'll see what happens on that. Um, in the meantime, you know, it, it's kind of a sit and wait again. We're, we're waiting for a building. We're waiting for a conference. I think we can see again this year how important being in a conference would be just to get that second chance uh, at that. And also to to maybe bolster your record by having a few more games, right? The well, tournament yeah, games could be helpful. 100% because those count in the pairwise. Yeah. Yep, they absolutely. count in the pairwise. So, so you know, uh, you, know you, you would get the, a little bit more of a regular schedule. You're not going to play 13 weekends in a row. Uh, you'll get some time off in a in a conference schedule where you can where you can catch your breath, and you won't have uh, you know ASU has to play who they can play when they can play. So, yeah. uh, well, you and know, it this, makes for a disjointed schedule. And speaking of disjointed schedules, we talked about that from the very start. This team started in July. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's been it's been crazy they've been they've been around this campus and around oceanside ice arena for you know the better part of nine months by the time this all winds down so yeah almost like a pro schedule yeah that's not that's not normal for for a college team so hopefully that's gonna uh that's gonna work itself out in the very near future uh in the meantime uh, i just want to throw a couple of shout outs out there uh, first to James Sanchez for being the first 40-point man in uh, Arizona State history. Uh, second of all to the uh, the defensive core that I believe was number one in a number of uh, categories, uh, scoring categories, which is pretty impressive. The fact that they had five guys that were 30-point uh, guys or more this season, that's pretty sharp. And the final one I'm going to give out is to Coach Powers. I know, uh, you know, I almost traded you to him for Eddie Lack this week, but – 
Uh, <laughs> you didn't even get any pucks out of the deal. It was going to have to be you and six square pucks, from what I understand, in order for me to get Eddie Lack. But that didn't happen. So, Paul, you're still with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to renegotiate. But, but, but the coach deserves a big pat on the back. And if he's not considered for coach of the year after what he's done the past two seasons, there's something wrong with that award. Because uh, I, I tell you, I see it every single week, and there is no way that there's another coach more deserving this season than, uh, than Coach Powers. So we'll wish him the best of luck in that. I know he could care less. He just wants to see his team win a national championship, and, and that would be just fine with him. But Okay, let's take a, uh, a quick break. Let's uh, come right. right back, and we'll have Josh Schaefer online, and we'll uh, talk to the play-by-play voice. We'll be right back. can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. If you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing on the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Oh. We're back in College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island where I hear it's a little wet. Yeah, it's a little wet this uh, tonight. Uh, you know, like I said, it beats white. Wet beats white any day of the week, I promise. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, I think we got our man Josh uh, trying to connect with us here, so let's see if we can get him connected. Uh, Josh Schaefer, are you with us? Hey guys, can you hear me? We can hear yeah. you loud and clear. Welcome in. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate you guys inviting me. All right, yeah, folks, no this is Josh Schaefer, the uh, play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Hockey. Paul Hornstein and Scott Strandy with you as well on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Josh, the season's over, the regular season's over, but guess what? We're waiting again, just like last season. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's... It's a tough time, especially coming off of uh, a, a sweep on the road. Uh, so it's kind of a tough time for Sun Devil Hockey, but now this year more than ever, you think, all right, well, when are they going to join a conference? Because although they, they, they had a better season than they had last year, um, at least it, it, it seems that way based off of the, the statistics and the, the, uh, the bigger wins that they had this year. 
they also had some bigger losses uh, or some uh, more impactful <laughs> losses. So yeah, uh, I, it's it's kind of a tough time moving forward, and uh, we'll see what we get over the course of this next month. Well, Josh, I'll tell you, my, my co-host, Paul Hornstein, uh, has been telling me this since the very first weekend of the season that that opening night loss to Mercyhurst was going to be a thorn in their side the entire season. i uh, got to agree with them. Your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that that loss to Mercyhurst was, was pretty bad. Uh, and then, of course, they, they bounced back a night later and got a big win, but it still wasn't a, a convincing win. What turned things around for me was the home sweep against Quinnipiac a couple weeks later. Uh, right. Because sweeping them, I think, kind of helped the guys settle in, and I think they were really fired up for that series. So things seemed to work out for them after that. But, you know, I mean, you look at the you look at the pairwise rankings, and they have a couple of, of bad losses against teams that they probably should have beat. And more importantly, they had a couple of, close wins to teams that they should have beaten up pretty badly. I mean, um, you, you know, Air Force is, is toward the bottom in the, uh, in the pairwise rankings. Of course, Mercyhurst is 60 out of 60, and I think that's what's holding the Sun Devils back. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the Vermont series was not great. Obviously, a series win, but you'd really like to get both of those games. The Robert Morris series was a little closer than expected. Uh, going on the road and beating Brown in overtime, those are those are games you'd think that you'd probably win um, or not need to go to overtime for. Splitting with Alaska on the road, of course, Wisconsin this weekend. So as as impactful as wins they have this year, both at home and on the road, there were some series, whether they won or lost, that should have probably been a little bit different. Yeah, well, you know... And, and they played on the razor's edge now for two months. And, and eventually, uh, you, 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 every team is, is going to fall off that edge. Um, and I think they, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, Josh, I think they ran out of gas going into Saturday night's game because they finally fell off that edge on Friday night, giving up that game-winning goal with a minute to go. And I think that, it really took a lot out of them going into Saturday night's game. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, heading into the weekend, uh, you know, you got a Big Ten team on the road, a, a a traditional powerhouse coming out of the Big Ten. You go on the road just like last year against a Minnesota team that this year is looking really good. Obviously, if if the tournament were to start today, they'd be in it. Um, but you know, you go on the road last year to Minnesota, who was really struggling. They were not a tournament team. Um, right. They were not looking like they were going to compete at all in the Big Ten, and you went on the road and you got manhandled two games in a row. Um, and obviously there were there was a suspension in that series too with Jacob Wilson going down and missing the tournament. Um, so this year going in, it seemed like there were a lot of similarities. I think the biggest difference was obviously last year Minnesota didn't make the tournament. This year I don't see Wisconsin making the tournament, but the thing with Wisconsin this year is they have so much talent at the forward position mm-hmm. um, yeah. that you knew they were going to score a lot of goals. Um, you knew that I think they were a little better than Minnesota was last year. Uh, but although they have so much talent, they I just haven't seen them come together as a team completely this year. They, I don't think they're a complete team. And they became one this weekend. They were able to get two big wins for the seniors. I think um, it was a back-breaking loss for ASU on Friday night. And you hope that it doesn't kind of have the same effect as it did last year where, great, you just lost two games. 
uh, against a team that you probably should have beaten on the road, and then you go into this month-long hiatus just to wait to see if you get in, and then you get in, and then you have a slow start in the regional. Um, so I hope it's a little bit different, but I think the biggest difference between this series this past weekend versus the Minnesota series last year was even with the Minnesota losses last year, you just had the feeling that ASU was going to get in. I, it seemed like they were a lock despite both losses. Um, right. This year, I, I still think a lot can happen. Oh, I, I, I think, uh, as I said to Scott before you came on, I don't know if you were listening or not, um, they're at 13 right now, and you could see them, depending on how the puck bounces, Maybe moving up to 12, maybe moving up to 11, although that would be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but you can see them bouncing between 13 and, say, 17 for the next two weeks until those first rounds of the conference tournament to kind of play itself out. And some of the teams ahead of them uh, are playing teams that they could lose to um, without it really being an upset. And, and, and I think that's a roller coaster ride that. Uh, I wasn't too used to it last year. I'm not sure I'm going to be used to it this year either. Yeah, you guys were you guys were talking about uh, Bemidji State too, and with them being a couple spots ahead of ASU, Northeastern too. Th- there's definitely room for Arizona State to move up, but a lot can happen. You know, oh. college hockey college hockey news was saying that you know they're a 93 percent chance to get in, and that does not feel good enough for me right now. No, um, it doesn't. Especially at all. with like, like like what I had said. I mean, they have a handful of wins against teams like. Robert Morris and Brown and Holy Cross team at Mercyhurst opening weekend that realistically you should be you should be earning convincing wins and they don't have those and then they also have the tough losses they have the the just the the like I said the back breaking loss to Wisconsin on Saturday yep. you can't give up that many goals on you give up seven goals on Friday and then you get clobbered on on Saturday I don't care how many goals you give up it, it just that just can't happen in your last series right. of the season so ninety three nope. it does not feel comfortable at all. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, well, well, Josh, uh, what I wanted to ask you also was, you've had a chance to watch this team for a few years now and, and kind of compare and contrast. Last year, we were a Johnny Walker a watch, basically, right? Everybody knew that the team was going to be Johnny Walker's and how it turned out. This year, if I tell you that there's five guys that scored 30 points or more, and if I also tell you that the only NHL draft choice uh, on the roster hasn't played in nearly two months. What's your thoughts on that? How 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 good is this program getting to be? The Coman Zeese thing is staggering. I think. Yeah. Um, me too. I mean, you noticed yeah. early on that he wasn't playing extremely well, and then obviously he, nope. he dealt with a, with an injury here and there. And I mean, him finishing with a three five eight line um, is uh, it's I, I, like I said, it's staggering. I mean. Uh, I was shocked that he was not more involved this year. Obviously, he missed some time. Um, he spent some time as the extra skater, but very early on, he, he seemed a little different this year. Um, and yeah. I think that this was a year for him to grow a lot. Uh, and I think that next year, he's he's going to be a top-line forward next year. Um, well, I think that could be a possibility. Um, but we'll, we'll see what, what happens moving forward. I still think there's a lot of question marks. But when it comes to being the only team in the country to have uh, five guys all with those po- or four guys with those point totals to have the highest scoring uh, defensive group in the country. Um, that's phenomenal. And I think that that oh, yeah. speaks to what this team, ha- the identity has been this way for a few years back when they weren't um, 
when they weren't competing for a tournament spot. We saw a guy like Jacob Stridesburg contributing to the offense heavily, and even last year, he just wasn't involved that much because his role was diminished and they weren't relying on him for goal scoring. And what what, what stood out to me was last season, heading into the year, um, Coach Powers had said when they had the line of Louis Rowe, Anthony Croston, and Dylan Holman, he said, this is not going to be our top line anymore. We're not going to rely <laughs> on them to score goals because we don't need to anymore. So they can settle into their into the roles that best suit them as players. And it's not that they're not going to be getting more ice time. It's going to be that goals are coming from somewhere else so they can settle into the roles that more that, that better fit them as hockey players. And I think right. we've kind of seen that a little bit with guys on this team. I think Tyler Bush has been like that. I think Austin Lemieux has been like that. Uh, Jordan Sandu maybe a little bit. Phil Bunces. But all of these guys at some point in the season have all broke out offensively and gone on these scoring streaks that have helped the team move forward from just having to rely on guys like James Sanchez and Johnny Walker and Brinson Pashnik. Um and I think that's what's so impressive about this team because you have all of your scorers, but you also have guys that step up when 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 they're they're called upon. And this roster looks more like I guess you can say I'm I'm not saying all these guys are going to go on and play professional hockey. I, I'm saying no. that the way that the roster is built with way the ways or where the scoring is coming from, I think it looks more like an NHL roster than it does a college hockey roster. Because you have your top five, six scores, and then you have all of your guys that can settle into roles. Where in recent years, you were relying on literally every single player on the roster needed to score goals if you guys wanted to win games. And right. they weren't winning games, and now they have the players in the program to be able to move forward from having to rely on everyone. Uh, for example, Steen Pashnik this past weekend scored his first goal in 48 games. I know. <laughs> the whole line got one goal. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that, no, I mean... He had, I've I've got my I've got my notes up right now from last season. Right. Um and uh he had no no goals in 50 52 games dating back to November 9th of 2018 against Michigan State. And I think that somebody might look at him and be like, "Okay, well that's because he's he's maybe he's not that good." Not at all. That's not his role anymore. Yep. So no, he doesn't it wasn't. Really do that. And and that's what I think is so impressive is they have these guys that don't need to be in those roles anymore and suddenly the team's a lot better. Because they can do what they need to do to get better while guys like Johnny and James Sanchez are scoring goals. Well, Josh, I, I don't know what – I don't know if you're a junior or a senior because we've been – you know, I've seen you around for a couple of years now. Uh, and, it, you know, if you're a senior, you kind of have gone – you kind of are the first generation of, uh, of ASU students to grow up with this team. Um you know, this uh, it, it's been a total transformation, and I think this team comes back next year, and, and I don't want to talk. I mean, we can talk a little bit about next year uh, because we have four or five weeks to wait, but I think this team comes back loaded next year. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I am a senior, so, uh, right. you know, I'm, I'm hoping they get another one here. So, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and I was talking to, to Coach Powers about that on, uh, on senior night. Um, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that there have been some freshmen who, who have come through the, the, the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and they start covering ASU hockey. And they kind of say, oh, you know, I kind of followed the team when I was in high school. But now that I'm here and I'm covering the team, I'm excited moving forward. And I said, yeah, I mean, the program is going to be very different these next four years than it was my four years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, you, you see it just with the play on the ice, with the way that the roster right. is um, made up, but also with how Greg Powers has recruited the last two years as opposed to the two years before that since they first came up to the Division One level. Uh, the high level at which they're recruiting, um, obviously a new building's on the way. Um, we'll knock on wood crossed. there. We, we, yeah. we will knock on wood. Fingers crossed we hear something <laughs> about it uh, a little sooner rather than later. But we know yeah. that there's a new building on the way eventually in a certain vague amount of time. Uh, but the program is going to be look very different in three years than it, than it did this year even. But now the expectation has changed. Now, it. I don't think last year, at least from my perspective, I was not expecting the team to make the tournament last year coming in. No, and, no. And even losing those first two or the, the, the third and fourth games of the year after the Alaska series when they played Ohio State at home and lost both games, but they were both close losses and they looked good. Even then, I thought, you know what, this team's going to be really competitive, and that's what I wanted. I wanted them to make a push. I didn't think sure. they were going to be as good as they were last year. I mean, my goodness. They came out of nowhere, and this year coming in, suddenly it's like, great, you don't want to make the tournament anymore? You want to go to the Frozen Four. So, yeah, 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 so I hear you. How, how, how often do you see a team winning seven games in a season, and a year later the, ter- the goal is not to make a tournament push, it's to win a national championship? And I think oh, yeah. I re- I think legitimately that has been this this program's mantra the last two seasons is, okay, well, maybe not everybody else knows what we're coming in with, but we do, and we want to win a national championship. And then you get in the tournament and lose, and everyone might think, all right, maybe it's a one-year deal for ASU, but Greg Powers and Brinson Pashnick are over here saying, mm-mm, we're, going, we're still going for that national championship. And I don't think you see I, that very often. No, it's, listen, I, 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 you know, listen, uh, you know, we've had this to, this program to me is, as somebody who grew up uh, as a hockey guy, uh, you know, if you ask me what team I'd want to see win a national championship on that campus before any of the others, uh, this would be it. And uh, you know, and 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 I, you know, and I and I know that I'm the oddball in that because most people say, "No, we got to win a football championship." I'm not against a football team winning a championship, just not my first choice. So, um, all right. Well, I'm gonna, I don't, let me say shame on both you guys because you should be oh, looking whatever. at my magic numbers, right? I said 22 last year, they got 21. I said 24 <sighs> this year, they got 22. Come on, guys, give me a little yeah. love here. Yeah. All right, well, listen, 22 <laughs> wins is still one more than they had last year. You were close. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm John. I'm giving you a little bit of a. Uh, yes, okay. line there. So, but so, Josh, let me let me ask you a question. Since I mean, we've talked, uh, but we, you know, we didn't. You know, usually it was about whatever that game was that night. Uh, were you a hockey guy growing up, and 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 where did you grow up, and who did you root for? I'm from LA. Um, okay. So I grew up. I grew up watching the Kings, listening to Bob Miller. Um, right. So yeah. So I grew up. I grew up watching the Kings. I was a Kings fan. Growing up, not my whole life. My dad was a Kings right. fan when Gretzky was traded there, so he was everybody a big was hockey a Kings fan. fan. Oh, yeah. everybody was a Kings fan. Um, yeah, he he was a Kings fan all through the '90s up until up until around Robitaille leaving the Kings. Um, right, and then my dad kind of got phased out of it. So when I was very young, I grew up Dodgers, Lakers, and then USC football. Um, right, those were my teams growing up, and then I want to say around two thousand. Well, 2007, I went to a game. My uncle's an L.A. City firefighter, so they gave okay. free tickets to all the firefighters 
for, you know, Firefighter Appreciation Night, and they gave him a bunch of tickets. So he got all of his buddies' tickets who couldn't go to the game, so he gave them out right. to the rest of the family. And we went to a game. It's 4 nothing Dallas with five minutes left in the game. Kings score five goals in the final five minutes. And then outside of the uh, the miracle on Manchester in the playoffs against Gretzky and the Oilers, it was the fastest five goals in Kings history. And then Dallas tied it, went to overtime, and then Kopitar as a freshman. Or a freshman. We're talking college talk here. <laughs> Kopitar as a rookie, pardon me, uh, scored in overtime to win it. Um, and that was the moment I was like, hockey. There we go. I love it. And uh, since then, I've been a Kings fan. So... I, I didn't have to wait long for a Stanley Cup. My dad off and on waited for a while. Um, I love listening to the Capitals. I love their radio announcers. So I've been listening to the Capitals regularly um, right. since 2011-ish. But uh, yeah, and then I, I listen to the Golden Knights all the time. Grew up a Kings fan, but I listen to a lot. As a broadcaster, I love listening to to games a lot. So that's no, listen, I, I totally understand that. Broadcaster. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to let you go, Josh, until you give us a couple of memories that uh, – plays that you really enjoyed calling for the Sun Devil program, no matter when it was. But uh, think back to a couple of calls that you really enjoyed and really set you uh, on on the path to stardom, if you will. Um, my first – so I, 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 I've been the voice of ASU Hockey on the Pac-12 networks just for the last two seasons. So what a right. time to get on board, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I've been around ASU Hockey since freshman year. I did – handful of games on student radio freshman year. Uh, when I first came in, I, I asked the, the station director, I said, hey, how do I break in to do hockey? Can I do like intermission reports or like pregame shows, postgame shows? So all the games that were at Gila River my first two years, I'd go up and do the pregame show on radio and the intermission. And then I'd go and sit in the one of the em- empty booths at the Coyotes building and just do the like a, like a little dry call on my phone. Um, sure. And then as a sophomore, I did a bunch more games. And then whenever they were up at Gila River, I'd ask uh, the Sun Devil Hockey Sports Information Director, shout out uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch Terrell, he's great to us all. Um, he would get me a credential so I could go up in the booth and call my own game. So I've been around for four years, but strictly doing every game just for the last two and bounced around a lot my first two years. But when I was trying to work on, on a call that sounded natural for goals, I didn't want anything to be scripted, and I wanted it to be a powerful goal call without being overpowering or, like, shouting or anything like that. And they when they played Quinnipiac uh, 2015, 2016, no, I guess it was 2016, 2017 season, they're up at Gila River. Um, I'm doing a game with one of the guys who's now my roommate who I called games with in high school, Matt Berner, who actually is the, uh, is the other Pac-12 broadcaster for ASU. So when he was a freshman, we were doing a right. game together, and I and I got a goal from Max Balanson of all people. Um, <laughs> when he was a freshman, and I had a goal call that I I replayed it and thought that's the one I I like that. So I kind of stuck with it and had my goal calls a little more natural. So that one that was a fun call. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a. Uh, there was a two-on-one last year with Morocco and Lemieux. They've had a lot of two-on-ones that they yeah. have produced some pretty good calls for me, I think. Uh, that one was – there was one last year. I don't remember when it was from, but I remember listening to the call back on uh, Twitter, and that was fun. And then one of the the most fun games I've done um, for, for Pac-12 was the American International Series last year. Game two, when they won in overtime, um, that was the first 
it might be the only ASU overtime winner I've I've ever done, and I have not I have not heard the call back to this day. I have not heard the call, but I remember people telling me that they had a blast listening, and that's all I could have asked for was that I did well enough so that people enjoyed watching, and people have told me that was fun. And then obviously the tournament was incredible. Well, um, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you what what I thought, and it's really recent is. Uh, the, the little bit that you guys did uh, on the senior night and the call of Brinson Pashnik's uh, end-to-end rush and, and hat trick, I, I thought that was fantastic. I've listened to it several times over again. So compliments to you on that one. That was uh, a great call. I know there's been a bunch of them, but I really thank enjoyed you. that one, and I know Brinson was beaming ear-to-ear just to hear it. Yeah, thank you. That, that means a lot to hear. A shout-out to Brinson yeah. and uh, guys like Brinson and Johnny Walker and – Remy Martin, Nikhil Harry, Spencer Torkelson, they have made things so easy for me these past four years. I mean, when, when you've got guys like that in Sun Devil Athletics that have, uh, that have made things really fun to watch and Morgan Howe on the softball team, uh, these, some of these ASU athletes that are just all over the place and such, uh, such big offensive boosts for their teams, they just make it all so easy. And Brinson and Johnny are, are two of those guys that make every call just so much easier. All right, you well, got, you got you've two had minutes. a hold, hold on, on one second, Paul. On. We got two more minutes for uh, for Josh to also let us know what his future plans are with uh, with graduation approaching. Hey, well, right now we've got our fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, looking for stuff. I've I've done summer baseball the last two years, uh, collegiate baseball in the Cape Cod League, and as much as I love that, I don't know if I want to do minor league baseball during the summer because I don't want to have to look for another job come September. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think minor league baseball down the line might be something that uh, sounds really fun. But, you know, right now I'm looking at uh, some D1 schools so I can do a couple different sports, minor league baseball maybe, and minor league hockey is what I'm looking at right now. And that's that's as much as I can say up to this point. But Well, well, I'm well let me, let me throw out a couple well, things for you real quick. There's a Palm Springs team coming in uh, in a couple of years. And uh, also a Vegas team coming next year. There is, so uh, we'll we'll keep our options open, but I'll keep an eye on those for sure. Well, there's been a, a bunch of uh, big memories at the community rink, and um, you know, <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other question I had for you that wasn't strictly hockey related: you guys a couple of weeks ago had 13 games to do in two in two and a half days. How many games did you end up doing that weekend? Oh man, are you talking about like opening weekend for baseball and softball? Well, yeah, and there were that? thirteen games that weekend, right? Wow, softball and, and baseball and hockey, and I think there was some tennis thrown in there and some, yeah, some so other stuff. I did. Wow. Okay, so the way that these work um, with uh, with ASU with the, with the stream team, as we call it, all the Pac-12 digital streams um, for baseball, baseball and softball get lumped together. And right. there are four of us that, that get selected to do the games. So I do them um, along with Matt Berner, who's my roommate. He does, he does ASU hockey too. And then two other guys are TJ Matthewson and Lyle Goldstein. Luckily, the four of us are all very close friends. So <laughs> it, we were all very happy with how it worked out. But sure. uh, the way that we do it is we all split up the baseball and softball calls. So that weekend was I had softball on Thursday, I believe. Went to baseball on Friday, but did not do the game. Or no, I, right. I'm sorry. I did. I did uh, softball on Thursday or Friday. Was right. the game was delayed an hour and a half because it was part of the Kajikawa Classic, so right. the, the Littlewood Classic. So the game before ran long. 
So that game was delayed an hour and a half. I got to ASU Hockey to do sideline reporting at the right. start of the second that. period. Um, and then the next night, Matt had saw, had the Saturday morning baseball game, game one of a doubleheader. And then we went to hockey that night, and he did sideline reporting, and I did play-by-play. And then I had baseball... I had I did the baseball broadcast on Sunday and then I did it again on Tuesday. So it was a jam-packed weekend across 13 sports. And uh, shout out to Mark Rita, our executive producer, and the rest of the stream team. Because man, I mean, if if I was I I was stressed out with all, everything going on and all the prep I had to do and uh, all the guys that I was talking with and scheduling meetings with coaches and all that. And this guy's running around all across Tempe, Arizona, and up to Phoenix Muni and doing all this stuff just to uh, make sure that this all runs smoothly. And for the most part, it did. So uh, it was a crazy weekend, and I'm glad to have been a small part of it. Well, you'll never forget it. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. Paul Paul still remembers his days over at Blaze Radio. So. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Josh, thanks so much for stepping in. I always appreciate your insight. Appreciate your uh, play-by-play voice. We're going to miss you when you're gone, but that's not going to happen until we get to uh, a tournament run here. So I got my fingers crossed. I'm pretty confident that we're going somewhere uh, in the regionals, and who knows where it goes from there. So thanks again for jumping on board with us tonight. Have a great week, and we'll see you Thursday with uh, Coach Powers. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, no problem. You know, fingers crossed. And uh, I, 93% still pretty good. I think maybe uh, <laughs> the uncomfortability is maybe an overreaction. But fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks, All right, Josh. See you, guys. All right, folks. That's Josh Schaefer, the play-by-play voice of the uh, Sun Devil Hockey Program. Uh, been around for a couple of years doing the play-by-play. Does an excellent job. Paul, we uh, we got carried away, so we only got about a minute or two and a half minutes to go here. But tell me just uh, your recap on on Josh's thoughts and and what you think of uh, the future of Sun Devil Hockey. Well, listen, I, I I said it to Josh earlier. I think the the uh, the future is incredibly bright for this team. Uh, you know, we don't know everybody that's coming in next year. Uh, this is going to be an entirely different team. There's probably going to be anywhere from eight to ten new names on this roster, and some of that, some of those names are supposed to be really high-end talent, uh, including uh, including the goalie. So uh, the the future is nothing but up. And I mean, we say it a thousand times: the minute they put those shovels in the ground, it's going to explode. Absolutely, couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more on that. I'm going to let you close things out with uh, giving some shout-outs to our sponsors, and then uh, we'll see everybody again next week when we talk uh, We talk College Hockey Southwest Weekly. we got more guests coming up a couple of weeks. We're going to tease a little bit. We're going to bring Leanne Blinn on with us and, and talk some conditioning. But right now, Paul, take us away. All right. Well, College Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Sprint, the best deals and the best network. College Bar and Grill in its new location at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, new name, same award-winning taste. By OxyPow, the natural way to clean and deodorize. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, people's choice award-winning taste and more at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. By M-Drive, it's all about energy, stamina, recovery. By the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler, uh, the Ice Den Scottsdale, the practice home of the Arizona Coyotes. Behind the mask, taking care of the hockey community in the Valley.
for over 25 years and by Oceanside Ice Arena, uh, current home of the ASU Sun Devils. A college hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. All right. For uh, Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York, this is Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona, saying have a good night. We'll see you next week.